Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, what have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let me Please excuse our dust while we remodel. Um, so I'm moved into a new little studio. I will be working on sound and lighting and so on. Um, my sister-in-law has moved in with us. So uh, we've rearranged some rooms and I got a studio for a little while. So this is my office slash uh podcast studio um working on like i said getting all the things i need to do to uh get it all up to snuff so uh next week i should have much better lighting uh no shade over here um and uh but so just bear with me you guys have uh have stuck with me through uh much worse production value than this so um, yeah, we'll, we'll be working on it over the next week as I get the office put together and, um, get some better lights in here and stuff like that and hoping to get some soundproofing. Um, cause as you notice, I'm trying to keep my voice down because I'm right underneath my daughter's room. Um, and, uh, she's a fairly light sleeper and should this episode just end suddenly, it's because she started crying and I'm running up the stairs to uh, see what the problem is. She's been having some bad dreams. I think she's having some growing pains and then she's just, uh, she's a fearless child so she's got a few bumps and bruises too. Um, a little uh, toe issue. So if you think about it, pray for my little girl that she'll sleep and, uh, and then daddy can sleep. So um, this week it has been an interesting week. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about the fact that uh, Uncle Joe, um, I used to call him, I used to call him Creepy Uncle Joe, but uh, I here here's the deal. Um, consistency, right? That's what we talk about week after week. It irritates the heck out of me when people call these guys names, when they make up the name names like, you know, Crooked Hillary, whether she's crooked or not, um, you know, whether she's committed crimes, it's childish to call people names. And it kind of a, a conviction uh, for me because, you know, we've all seen the pictures and the stuff and everything that he went through um, recently his mea culpas for being it, the handsy dude that he is. So, um, but I was really convicted because I did. I called him creepy Uncle Joe a lot. Um, now I'm going to just call him Uncle Joe. <laughs> so, Joe Biden has uh, thrown his hat into the ring, bringing, I believe, the total of Democrat um, 
candidates right now to 20 uh, Democratic candidates in the race for president. Um, 2016, we had 17 Republicans. So, you know, um, lots of people want to be president. Here's the thing. And again, you choose how you vote. You decide how you're going to, to cast your vote and where you're going to cast your vote. But I have to point out, out of these 20 um, candidates on the Democratic side, excuse me, not one of them, not one of them would have been willing, and they've been asked about it and so on, to vote for a bill to save a child's life who survives an abortion and is there on the table. None of these 20 have said that they would vote for a bill in that sense. And then all of them have said, I mean, Joe hasn't said anything about the voting and so on. CNN's last uh, town hall was just ridiculous with the, the ideas of, they asked every one of them, and, and to CNN's credit, uh, some some not real easy questions were asked. And one of them was about felony voting and do they believe that people like the Boston Marathon bomber should have the right to vote. Bernie Sanders was like, absolutely. Kamala Harris was like, well, we should have the, the conversation. Sorry, let me just get that out of the way. I've been trying to fight in that thing for um, three minutes of the podcast. So, um, and then of course, Kamala Harris backtracked everything the day, the very next day. And I do believe Bernie has backtracked some of that as well. So, but on the life issue, and again, I'm a one issue voter. Your stance on the life issue will make or break whether or not I vote for you. I mean, I take into consideration everything else, but where you stand on the life issue is where I'm going to place my vote. And I am not going to vote for somebody who is, uh, for the murder of children in the womb. And that's all there is to it. But, so Joe is in the race, and it'll be interesting to see how this breaks down over the next uh, year until conventions happen and we actually see an election um, in 2020. So, um, you know, just sitting back and waiting and watching uh if anything it's very entertaining to see all of the things that are going on with all these people so democrats uh joe biden is in the race and then i wanted to talk a little bit about and i'm i've really debated back and forth quite a bit whether or not i even wanted to bring this up because I know, I know I'm going to get comments over this one. Um, and that is the fact that Beth Moore has apparently just become a troll. A, a Twitter troll. Um, and I always just kind of laid off of Beth Moore because, I mean, little nuanced comments here and there. Um, some of the people that she's chosen to engage in ministry with. Excuse me. Um, just 
some questionable things, but I always considered her to be fairly solid in her theology and so on. Well, this week she uh, put out a tweet about asking people about their top five things that they, if they could do anything and I think money wasn't an option or an issue and time constraints and so on weren't an issue. What were their top five things they would do? Um, I don't remember her. I don't remember any of them. I don't remember any of anybody's that I read. Uh, not really something that I'm, you know, wasting my time with. But the the P.S. in there, she had put in that um, her original number five was to preach a Sunday school class a men's Sunday school class in a group of in a Calvinist church or something to that effect, essentially just um, trolling the fact that there are so many. Um, I mean, there are a lot of Calvinists, Reformed uh, people, Calvinist, um, biblical is what I would call it. People who do not think that women should be pastors. Because it's in the Bible, and so here she's taken a she's taken a swing at uh, at those of us who are uh, complementarian, who believe that women have a role, men have a role. They're both of equal value, but God has made them different, and He has given different roles to them. And the role of elder or pastor in the church, designated by God through His inspired Word, through the pen of the Apostle Paul. Um, and others uh, is that men should be pastors. Women should not have authority over men. That's God's thing. And we stick to that because that's what's in the word. Um, so sorry, not sorry. I'm not going to apologize for what is in God's word. But, you know, now the just the the weird, you know, I mean, she's she's become part of the woke church. Um She's made all kinds of comments about, you know, the amount of white authors we have and, and things like that. And now the the trolling of uh, um, complementarians. I just, I want to ignore this woman. I really do. I just want to ignore her and not think about it and not, but she's there and she's popular. And, you know, when you read the, the comments, the respi- replies and responses to her tweets, she has a huge amount of influence. And um, this is just another thing to, st- to, to stoke, I really think, division in the church uh, in this. And now, I mean, it could have been just a innocent tweet, uh, just being funny and so on, but Again, with the with the sphere of influence that she has, she's got to be measured. She's got to be weighed, and she has to weigh the things that she says against scripture. And and honestly, I, I didn't expect to see her trolling like that. It really felt like just a troll. It was just like you know um, a jab for the jab's sake, and not for any beneficial even even bringing up the conversation there was there was no beneficial purpose to that jab other than to just poke um reformed theology uh 
complementarians, Calvinists in the eye. And so I, I just, I thought I'd mention it, you know, whatever you guys think about it, I know somebody's going to be mad because I, you know, kicked over their, their favorite idol, uh, author of books and so on. I was, we were moving stuff around. I actually have one of her books on my bookcase behind me and I was just, I've never read it. Um, I th- I don't know if it was mine or my, I'm assuming it was my wife's. I don't remember buying it, but, um, I've bought a lot of books that I don't remember buying that I buy and they go on the shelf and, and they never get read. And I've got a stack of them over there. And I just picked up um, Reform Systematic Theology, which is well over a thousand pages, just a little light reading, which has really bumped every single one of those books, except for Rules for Reformers uh, by Douglas Wilson, which I have to read for our elders team um, had been asked to read it. So, excuse me. So I'm going to finish Doug Wilson and then I'm jumping into Reformed uh, Systematic Theology which is going to keep me occupied for at least four months. So if you want to know what I'm reading right now, there you go. Um, so last and last thing, and then I'm going to kind of talk about how as Christians we look at stuff like this, because I've heard a lot of people talking about this. Um, Steven Crowder has had issues. Steve Dace has had issues. A lot of the political uh, people I talk to, I know Apologia Church has been having issues with stuff like that. But that is, um, I think I've been shadow banned on YouTube. And this isn't even this channel. This channel is doing great. But my old channel, um, these are two screenshots a year apart, exactly a year apart um, from today or actually yesterday now um, of last year where this is a video I did responding to Greg Trimble, who is a, a pretty well-known Morgan, Mormon blogger, um, had asked a question, uh, said that, so you think the Book of Mormon is a fraud? And in the, the blog that he wrote, he laid out 11 questions that all Christians have to answer about uh, the Book of Mormon in order to th- prove that it's a fraud. And so I systematically went through all 11 questions in this video, it's about 20 minutes, and uh, broke down, asked and answered every single one of the questions. Um, and it was published four years ago, I believe. Um, I don't know exactly. I want to say it was in April. So almost four, five years ago. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, four or five years ago to the day, we're getting close. Um, that it was published, but for the first two, two and a half years, it did nothing. It really, you know, I think it got up to about five, six, seven hundred uh, views. And then something happened a couple years back um, and it took off. It started averaging about 50 to 100 views a day. I went through and I looked and I found one day where it had 2,000 views in a day. Um, over and this is of course if you look that I like cropped it a little funky so yeah, I hope you can see the numbers but last year today of last year it had thirty five thousand one views um, today it has forty nine thousand four hundred and ninety three views now that's that's pretty big uh, jump of fourteen thousand five hundred almost views um, broke that down average of about 
39 views per day. The issue is, is in the last two months, it has only seen, I want to say 28 views as all that it has gone. And it, I, I shared it uh, last, a couple months back um, when it had hit just right about the time when it hit 49,000 views. I shared the video. Again, and just solely day of glory, all glory be to God. The gospel has been preached 49,000 times. Uh, and hopefully people have watched it. Obviously, I, I doubt everybody has watched through the entire 20-minute video. But enough people had and made comments and so on. So the gospel has been preached a lot of times. And the gospel is clearly laid out in this video. And so that was what the, the intention was, is just to say... Praise God, used a, a, a guy like me to preach the gospel almost 50,000 times. Um, again, it hit, and I, I broke it down at that point, and it was an average of 55 views per day is what it was hitting. Next two days, next three, maybe even four days, it hit, was right on that track of about 55 views per day. And then suddenly, nothing. Went two, three weeks, zero views, zero views, then one, then, you know, another one, three days later, stuff like that. Literally over the last two months, again, I believe it's had 29 hits over the last 60 days. Um, now, is this absolute proof that YouTube is shadow banned? No, not really. I mean, there's, there's a few options. Uh, maybe... Nobody is searching for the Book of Mormon and fraud anymore. That was how, as I went back and, and looked, that's how a lot of people were finding it is just search engines. I'm assuming they're looking up Book of Mormon and fraud and coming up with this video and watching this video. So maybe nobody is looking that up anymore. Maybe it has been completely done. Everybody who's ever going to be a Mormon is a Mormon and everybody who's not is not and nobody is searching the terms Book of Mormon and fraud that's possible um, it's possible they just somehow the Mormons uh, with their vast amount of money and influence on Google and things like that with said money managed to get me completely removed from the search engine that's possible too um, but I think it is very possible that for whatever reason, whether somebody reported this, whether somebody had an issue with it, somebody, for some reason, YouTube is not letting this video be seen anymore. And so how, as Christians, how do we respond to that? How do we deal with that? You know, again, um, I'm not monetized. I've got 51 subscribers right now. The other pages you saw has 219 subscribers. Um, very few of which have come over to this page and, and subscribed. So I don't know how many of those people actually watch those videos or anything. I haven't put anything out on that page in almost three years. So, but how do we respond to this? And again, I mentioned Steven Crowder, um, Steve Dace, Apologia. Now, I don't necessarily, I don't know that I would actually... I don't know, I, I've never really had a conversation or really listened to Steven Crowder give any kind of 
absolute uh, conversion story, um, anything like that, and the profanity and vulgar speech that comes off of his show, I don't know that I would consider him to be a guy that is saved, but I know Steve Dace is solid in his theology, and I know that he's saved. Um, apologia, not a doubt in my mind. Um, so how do we as, as Christians, how do we deal with something like this? How do we, what, what is our, should be our attitude about um, shadow banning and YouTube deciding to not show um, videos of specific videos or Facebook not uh, giving you the likes that you should be getting and so on? Um, how do we deal with that? Do we, are we owed any of this? Should we, should we fight and sue and demand our First Amendment rights? I don't think so. Because YouTube is not a First Amendment right. YouTube is a privately owned company providing me a platform where I exercise my First Amendment right. But again, YouTube is a privately owned company and they can do whatever they want with their privately owned company. Should they cancel Steven Crowder? Should they cancel me? Delete my account. Somebody complains and is horribly offended and they delete my account. What do I do? Do I slam my fist on the desk and talk about what I deserve and demand my respect or whatever? No. No. Because, again, we have the same problem with the gay couple that walks into the bakery and demands that the cake baker bake them a cake for their wedding. Bake the cake, bigot, right? And so, as conservatives, we get angry when that happens and we're up in arms. But then we turn around and do the same thing to YouTube and Facebook and so on. And now, to their to their credit, um, none of the people that I mentioned, Steve Day, Steve Crowder, or Apologia, demand that, that they understand that this is a private company. They can do with it what they want. If they were to cancel any of those people or me or anybody um, who understands this concept, we just go find another platform. I can I can guarantee you if YouTube decided tomorrow that they were deleting everything I'd ever posted because it's horribly offensive with the gospel or whatever, um, and they shut down my page or, or whatnot, I would find another platform to continue to do this. I will continue to do this. I will continue to, yo, Dre, I got something to say. <laughs> and I will continue to say it. And I will try to continue to say it from a Christian worldview. Um, again, I put out the, the challenge. Not a challenge, a request. If, I, if you watch this and I say anything that is, is not biblical or, or, or not part of the Christian worldview... Come at me, bro. Seriously, please, because if I'm wrong, I want to know that I'm wrong. I want to be corrected, and I want to get back on track. But if I'm if I'm not wrong, I want to be able to explain. Um, so I'm always open for comments, questions, snide remarks, you name it. Throw it out there. Um, but I'm not going to demand. But there are people who do. There are people who are on the, the conservative side of things that think that we are owed something by Facebook. It, uh, obviously, they're, they're thinking that Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter are all public utilities that we have an absolute right to and not, that, not recognize that, that we, are, you know, we are subscribers to a company 
you know, that is providing this for free to us, the end user, um, by advertising and so on. So we get irritated at the commercials. We get, you know, we get agitated when they shut us down or whatever. But we just continue on. We move on to the next platform. Um, my pastor this morning, we he preached from First um, Peter, and I don't remember the exact verses, but um, where Peter talks about, you know, that we are going to that people are going to be angry with us and people are going to, we're going to be opposed. There will be opposition to the preaching of the gospel. Um, we talked about persecution. We talked about, um, and just general opposition that as, as we go and we preach the gospel, as we tell people that they are sinners in need of a savior, that, that in Adam all die, but in Christ you can be forgiven, but you have to repent and put your faith in him. And it means to turn away from sin. It means to, to walk away from the, the sinful lifestyles that we are part of, to resist the devil and watch him flee from us. You know, that, that verse in James, resist the devil and he will fully flee from you, is not a, a, a um, description of what we do in our own power. But the only reason the devil flees from us when we resist him is we resist through the power of the Holy Spirit that indwells us as Christians and we seek after holiness. We seek to be more and more righteous. You know, and again, don't hear me saying that we are righteous to add to or maintain our salvation. It is because of our salvation that we continue to grow in holiness. We grow in sanctification and become more and more Christ-like. Um, we'll never be sinless, but we can sin less. You know, especially we look at the big sins, you know, suddenly we, we get saved and we, we fight against our porn addiction. We, we fight against our urge to steal or commit adultery or whatever it is that is a sin that is besetting in us. We, we repent and the Holy Spirit indwells in us and then we resist. It's not about gaining salvation by our works or maintaining our salvation by our works. Jesus said, no one can snatch you from my hand, you know. Once you've repented and you put your faith in him, I don't know how you can, I mean, I, I agree with, with Ray Comfort and, and those guys who would say that a backslider is somebody who probably never slid forward to begin with. But if you find yourself in a place where as a believer, who you've truly repented and only you and God know what that looks like or if that's true, but you find yourself in a place of sin, Jesus has said, no one can snatch you from his hand. Once you're there, you're there. And so that's the power of the gospel, and that's the understanding that we will be opposed because we preach that message. And so we're going to run into shadow bans and companies that, that remove us from the platform, demonetize the, the videos if you've ever been able to be monetized in the first place, that hold up the amount of likes that we get and make it to where someone has to click it 37 times in order for the, the light to be uh, recognized by, by the platform. As Christians, we, we pray for them and we move on. We do not demand. It was the prodigal son that demanded his inheritance now. And then he had to come back and, and say, I'm, I'm like a dead man. Make me one of your servants. And fortunately, the grace of the father for him was, no, come, my son was dead and now he's alive come and, and, and have a feast with me. 
you know, that's the res- the response of 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 God, but the prodigal response or the prodigal in demand, uh, I think, kind of relates to the demand of our rights on social media. Understand that we don't, you know, as Christians, we recognize private company, we recognize capitalism for what it is, and anytime YouTube wants to shut me down, I hope they don't. I don't want to have to go find another platform to do these videos and so on, but I'm sure one will will pop up. Um, I mean, Freedom Vine and, and stuff like that, there are alternatives out there. So, that was just something that kind of went through my head as I heard, you know, a couple of guys, the ones that I mentioned, talk about issues that they have. It's amazing to see the way that apology is now uh, doing the descriptions, the titles, and the tags in their videos because of the shadow banning. They found a way around it. So we can be wise as serpents and innocent as doves and um, continue to do the things that we do uh, underneath the opposition that we get and just understand that when that happens... It's all to the glory of God. We're going to be opposed. So why? Where? Where? Where's our reasoning not to to go and preach the gospel? I mean, we know we're going to be opposed, and so we might as well just be willing to go out and do it and endure. And I hope that that that'll encourage some of you guys to do stuff like this. I think more and more people need to do um, just when you have something to say, especially in relationship to the gospel, it needs to be said. And so I encourage you guys to say it. Find your place where you can go and you can share the gospel in whatever way it is that God has put on you to do it. I'm, I'm, I'm the proponent of don't make my thing your thing or your thing my thing. You know, not everybody has to do it like this. But there's some way that you can go and you can share your share the gospel with those people that are around you, whether it's complete strangers or people you love, family members or, or co-workers. There is a way that you can go and you can share that gospel. And remember, there's a manner in which you have to share that gospel. And we end every episode with it and we're going to do it again today. As always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.